Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired Women Gathering. This is a show that talks about all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living through their stories, finding resilience, resourcefulness, tenacity, and the powerful impact that we make on the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations, sharing with you the women I am inspired by and so blessed to know. My name is Dixie Bennett, I'm your host, and I'm a soulful woman and wealth coach and healer, helping heart-centered entrepreneurial women heal their self-worth, embody their soul purpose, and create sustainable business with heart. I created this platform to highlight amazing women who I come across and connect with. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. And I'm so excited today to introduce you to Carrie Kest, and our topic today is sexual, sacred sexuality. Carrie is a self-love and intimacy coach offering workshops and individual coaching in the areas of belonging, intimacy, and pleasure. She helps her students and clients discover and live a life that is truly theirs, not one where they are simply checking the boxes. She works with people to heal, open their hearts, and get their mojo back. Carrie has studied and trained under gurus and master teachers in the areas of intimacy, tantra, yoga, spirituality, emotional intelligence, and deep emotional release. Carrie guides her clients towards knowing themselves, embodying, and experiencing true fulfillment and pleasure, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Only by knowing and becoming intimate with yourself will you have the intimacy, connection, and belonging you are so deeply seeking. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. So where in the world are you coming from today? Um, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. So I've lived all over the world, but now I'm settling my roots in, in back in Calgary. So awesome. Cool. Well, I'm excited to learn more about that. Um, so I'd love to hear. So I loved your, your very vast and interesting bio. And you have a very interesting background. I'd just love to hear, you know, how did you come to be what you how how did you come to be who you are in delivering your message and what influenced you to get here well that's quite a story but um so i you know lived a pretty like regular life i was living in calgary um i was in a relationship i was married and i worked in human resources and you know i had a life that you know i really wanted sort of the stability consistency something very different than what i had growing up and so i was like okay, well, this is sort of what you do. You get, you know, you get a good job, you get the men, you get married, you know, we bought a house, we went on vacations, we were gonna have kids next. And I was just sort of like, check, check, check. This is what you're, everyone you're supposed to have. I didn't have that growing up. So this is what you're supposed to have and that'll make things, then I'll be happy. Right. And I wasn't happy. And it didn't really make sense to me of just like, but I did all these things that why am I, you know, struggling with depression? And I always had thought it was something else. Mm. So it was just, I was at a point, you know, when I was in school, I was like, well, it's a stress of school. It's a stress of finding a new job. And when everything sort of seemingly fell into place, I was just like, why am I still so unhappy? Why am I depressed? Why am I going on antidepressants? Like this is, you know, like we just bought it. And then after we bought our house, something just i don't know if that was like the root i think it's just like the permanency of that never mind the permanency of marriage but the permanency of buying a house and i finally gave myself permission to like maybe i need to look at my relationship mm. and as soon as i that did that it's like i could just like you know it's like boom, like in my body and in my bones i knew i was like oh god like i don't want to be married anymore mm. 
and it was excruciating. That was very, very painful. I think there's a pain in choosing yourself and that's what I did. So I left my marriage and it was, you know, it was very, very painful. And so I, and then after I left and I sort of was like, okay, well, you know, naively thought, well, okay, I'll have a little bit of my eat, pray, love thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll go somewhere or I'll just meet someone else, marry him and things will be better. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you know, um, I think my marriage was sort of a, a wake up call, but I wasn't really getting it fully. Mm-hmm. Right. And three weeks later, I was um, outside of work. I was in my car on a phone, um, you know, and I keep getting these phone calls from like my grandparents and my and my st- well, still technically husband, and I was like, what's going on? And I'm driving and he asked me to pull over. And I was like, mm. what's going on? And I had grown up with two younger brothers and a single mother. So I was sort of became like the other parent, like I grew up really quickly and I had a lot of responsibility. And so I was very close with my brothers, especially the youngest, Nicholas, I would almost describe as sort of like the love of my life and in mm. much respect. So I getting this call, and I'm driving, I'm pulled over on like downtown Calgary on the side. And my husband, still my husband at the time, he told me, he's like, I can't believe I had to tell you this, but Nicholas committed suicide. Mm. And I was just like, you know, it's like you get hit by a truck and it's like, you're, you know, anyone who's received news, anything like that, it's just like, it's like, yeah, you got hit by a truck, the shock and the trauma of that. And he came and got me and I proceeded to then tell my mother and other people in our lives. And I got picked up by my, my best friend and you know, the, and then I was preparing to leave for Edmonton the next day. And then I had to call and tell my brother, my mother was living overseas on the t- at the time. So she was on her way over. I called my brother, got him to come over. So it was all this. And I, one thing that I was really lucky is that I had grown up with, you know, quote unquote, spiritual women. I was around spirituality. I was around this idea of sort of like doing your work, doing sessions to sort of heal sort of Mm -hmm. core wounds or stuff that's sort of maybe limiting you or um, in your life. And so I had enough information or I had enough knowing like, hey, this is happening for a reason Mm -hmm. that God, for some reason, needs to get my attention because whatever I was doing before was like totally the wrong way. And now I need to be going this way. So, I mean, it was excruciating. It was painful. It was traumatic. But I still, I was like, I knew that this is like something. And I was fortunate enough to be working with someone who I'm still working with and who's my mentor. And I remember her telling me, I was like, why did all this happen? Because it was like divorce, death. And then I had to find a new place to live. I had nowhere to live. And that was when the rental rate in Calgary was like zero. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. She's like, she's like, you're being called to change all of yourself. Yes. And that yes. always stayed with me. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is happening for a reason. Yeah, good so, that. That's powerful. Yeah. And so it was just like that, you know, whenever I've been on sort of my journey, it's just like, what happened with my life? I'm like, oh, I'm being called to be, you know. And so I always remember that. And so she was living in Bali at the time. I spent some time in Bali, did a lot of healing stuff with her. And a year later, I was like, I am going to sell everything I own and I'm going to get my life down to two suitcases 
I did not have anything left in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And I went to, I got an Australian work visa. And before I went to Australia, I went, I did a 10 day silent, like the Pasna retreat in um, mm -hmm. Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to Bali. And then I spent um, three months in Thailand and studying yoga spirituality and actually ended up living in a tantric community. I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really aware that it was that when I got there, but I was like, oh, okay. And so I spent some time there, Australia, and I always kept coming back to Thailand. Mm. And that this is where I, you know, went deeper into yoga spirituality and I was introduced to tantra and sacred sexuality. And that really was the game changer for me. I think for the first time in my life, I could like feel fully, I felt desire, I felt desired. I felt, you know, in my femininity, like that I was sort of sacred and divine. Cause I think for me growing up, it's like in a kind of more, I mean, we're surrounded by religious, you know, religion and, and real, religious ideals and so it's like this idea of you know god being also feminine rather than masculine really changed and it just changed relationship like with my body and like finally being able to like have permission to like have pleasure and ask for what i need and to mm -hmm. go after what i desire rather than this like doing everything i should be doing or being the good girl Mm -hmm. being really who i was supposed to be and so i spent a lot of time there and i uh, would go to London and come back to Thailand and I did all these like trainings and teacher trainings and and then I got the opportunity to actually live there for a year and a half so I did that full time and it got to a point where I had sort of learned everything that I could there and I remember sort of I think it was probably like later in the year or early early 2018 and I was sort of feeling this call to like come back home and I'm like mind you it's like January in Canada mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm driving around this like beautiful like like tropical island and like I'm not wearing like jackets and snow and, and I just felt this call to come home and it was like okay well you could stay but you're not going to be learning more like you sort of I've learned everything that I could I uh, did everything that I could that, I, that um, when I was there and so I felt the call to come home and I was like are you sure I was like this is really nice and but I felt sort of it was time to come back and teach or like everything that I had experienced it's now it's like you need to come back and sort of teach this and show other people other women that you know there's this other way to be living there's sort of this um this aliveness and passion and it's nothing that you need to get it's within you and so that's sort of how I got here in, in a nutshell. Really. <laughs> that's a like, lot. Years of my life. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to I go back a little bit because there, there's so many juicy parts. Um, so when you, when you shared uh, living in a, in a commune, right? So um, what was that experience like? Like, well, what that like were you living with uh, how many people were you living with what was the details like what were what was the whole experience so at first it was very terrifying because I came and I was very like tight and contracted and stiff in my body and was like you know I'm and then I'm seeing all these women with like showing their bellies and like dancing and you know sort of this whole goddess thing and I was just like okay I was a bit nervous and then um they they had um it was almost like a campus like it was quite a big school so we had different areas of like different 
workshops and different trainings and different like you know yoga classes were there but i actually didn't live with anyone there was um houses that you could live um nearby so i rented my own house so i had sort of like a almost like bachelor uh, bachelor suite style so it's like there wasn't really any rooms and so it's like i had lived on a like this wooden house on like big long stilts and i had like a stairwell that i would go out and i would look over the ocean and mm. and you know the jungle really and the you know live life on my scooter and so and i worked for i when i was there permanently i worked for the yoga school so i worked as um sort of in the office doing so I had sort of a regular kind of job Mm -hmm. as much as you can there mm -hmm. and and then I would have um and then I would go for these like intensives and trainings and everything while I was while I was there so it was almost like if you imagine like a campus mm -hmm. and people and no one lived on there people didn't live together mm -hmm. um so you had your own independent space I guess people mm -hmm. could live together but that was sort of the idea and then you would come on campus and do your mm -hmm. trainings and your workshops and so that's um, very different than what I had in my head when you said commune I'm like oh how very interesting <laughs> yes no it was more like a campus and you kind of lived off campus and oh, okay. then you would come and draw your yeah so I have um yeah no I had my own space okay so, yeah interesting so and you were there for a year and a half and what did you learn about yourself in that in that experience well, I was there for like, I was gone. I left Canada for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So I would sort of go back and forth. And then at the end of that, I was in Thailand full time, but I had always been there for like three or four months stints a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. So I would always sort of go back and forth when I was um, working between Sydney and, and London. Mm -hmm. UK. And so I was spent a lot of time there. So I did oh boy i mean like this place had levels and levels of yoga so i've done like i did like 14 levels of mm -hmm. yoga i did all this meditation i did every tantra workshop i did like a six-week intensive that really works on your own stuff mm -hmm. um, i did a tantra teacher training um which was intense as well and so and then after a while I could like sort of um facilitate some of the, like the women's groups and mm -hmm. um could uh, teach some of the workshops and things so I what did I learn about myself a lot of things like it was just I really noticed in my life where it's like I didn't have any idea really who I was I was going along with sort of being this sort of good girl and well doing what I think I should do yes. and that really gave me the opportunity to just sort of like burst out of that and just be like and and sort of start with a blank canvas of like, well, who am I and what are, what are my needs? How do I want my life to look like? I know that that path didn't work, but I kind of don't really know what does work. Mm -hmm. So I was just sort of in this, I was very open to like, let's discover what that is. I don't know what that looks like. And so there was a bit of like surrender. Mm -hmm. And so when I would learn you know when i would do yoga or when i would learn like spiritual teachings there was like a fascination with it and then when i learned more when i got into more tantra and sacred sexuality it was just learning that you know like me like as a as a woman my body everything like this is divine there's nothing outside that i need mm -hmm. i learned what my desires are what do i desire for myself how do i desire to feel what are things that i need in my life how do I want my life to look like? And it was just like all this like self-discovery and 
being able to like tap into an energy that was like within me, Mm -hmm. but not to leave it stagnant anymore of just like sort of this life force or this like sexual creative energy, like igniting it like in my body and feeling sort of like alive and awake and full in my body for like probably the first time. And just, and in those like peak moments, it's like, oh, you get taste of like what your potential really is. So when I was living before, it was just sort of this monotonous kind of place. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is really who I am. This is what, how I want to be feeling. This is, I'm like, you get sort of a taste or a touch of like your potential. It's like you get this tangible experience of this energy that mm-hmm. it's like intangible. Right. And it's just, it's really like, I would say elevated, like even like levels of consciousness and how I viewed myself and that I could see my life as sort of as divine, my body as divine, me being a woman as, you know, sacred and divine. And that just sort of like, it's like, whoa, I was like, every woman needs to do this. Mm -hmm. And I just saw like everything that was holding me back. So many things fell away. So it's like, even like my relationship with my, with my body was like inhibited me for years. Mm -hmm. I had like, I have a birthmark on my left arm that covers up, like covers my whole arm. It looks like a burn. I mean, I would, in school, I would wear like long sleeves in gym class. I never wore a bathing suit to the beach. Like everything, like everything just like tightened and help, help was, you know, was making me feel small. And that was just, I let all that go there. It was just like, I was seeing everything. There's this beautiful teaching in, in Tantra called like, the term is called transfiguration and it's if you do it in practices you can do it with yourself you can do it with a partner you can do it with life with anything and, and it's just seeing that taking the opportunity to like look beyond the physical the mm-hmm. surface stuff and seeing sort of the divine within that yeah. and like you know your life can look like that you know seeing your body like that seeing you know if you have a partner if you choose to be in partnership seeing your partner in that mm-hmm. and that really like that to me was like a little bit where the magic happened because so much of this like tantra really requires to it's something to be experienced it's hard to just explain it at an intellectual level and it's not your mind just isn't enough it requires the totality of your being like everything to give to embody and to to be it not just enough to know Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was that was the game changer for me for sure that's huge yeah beautiful so when you were, what led you, were you listening to intuition that guided you to each one of these places or how did you follow where you needed to go? Yeah. So I had in between when I was still in Calgary, um, my mentor knew someone in, in Bali as well. And I sort of was intrigued of what sort of what he did. And, and I actually had, um, some sessions with him and he was, uh, well known like theta healing and, and I was like, hey, well, let me see how this, like, I was sort of in that place. I was like, hey, I need, no, I need to heal and ready. And I'm like, okay, let's just try this. And he actually went to um, this place in Thailand and we were actually having sessions while he was there. He's like, oh, I have to go to yoga class. And, and we, I got to know him and I was like, hey, I know I want to do these things and I want to go off and I don't really feel like I need to be in Bali for that long. And he's like, well, this school is like, you know, will give you, I mean, you could be there for years and still be learning things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that really appealed to me. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go, I'll do that. And I'll be there for the majority of my time. Why that was the majority of my time? 
I don't know. I was just like, well, they have a month long yoga thing. And so I'll be there for at least a month and I can learn other stuff. So, okay, three months. Like it was sort of very innocently um, chosen, mm-hmm. but it was, it was right. Mm-hmm. It was definitely right for me to, to well, spend all that like time here. You're in the right place. The right teacher shows up, right? You're right. And it was just like, oh, this place. And I was like, yeah. oh. And I looked at it and I was like, they had all these things. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And just like, I'm, you know, I'm an air sign. I'm still very intellectual. It's like, I like to learn and curious about things. And so it was like, oh, I can learn all this like spiritual stuff and can learn things about yoga and like all these different workshops. I was like, oh, that's like fascinating. Like it was just interesting from like a mind level. And then what I got was much more than that because it was just the experience of, you know, feeling your body, feeling the energy in your body and just having an experience you know of God within within you that energy in your body of just discovering that you know it's nothing that you had to get from out there it's within you and you just have to sort of begin to awaken that and become aware of it and um work with that energy but let's say it just to describe because I know the word tantra when the word tantra comes up everybody has a different idea or a different view of what tantra is about and I'd love for you just to share your version of what tantra really is about yeah so there is definitely especially in the west there's this like preconceived notion that tantra is all about sex and like you're you know imagining people in these like kama sutra positions and and actually kama sutra has nothing to do with tantra to be quite honest it's not it's not in there at all so tantra essentially is a spiritual path it's a holistic spiritual path and instead of you know many sort of um um religious teachings where it's sort of like where you look at like the world and your desires and your feelings and experiences like it's all a distraction from where you really want to go and tantra sort of flips that around so it says that actually the world everything in manifestation everything human is actually divine and you can go in and experience that through through anything so tantra could be like um bhajans like singing it could be you know getting in touch with like feelings working with energy through sex like there's Mm -hmm. everything in manifestation and relationships and all that stuff all of that can take you to this sort of divine place so it's like the walls of you know the walls of your prison are almost like the roads to your liberation of just like meet that fully rather than negating Mm -hmm. you know what it is that you desire and your needs it's like no that can take you there too Mm -hmm. so it definitely Um, embraces the world rather than pushing it away and saying it's a distraction Mm -hmm. and what I love about Tantra is because everything in manifestation they call is Shakti everything Mm -hmm. that power that energy everything that is that you can touch the breath that you breathe is Shakti which is the feminine aspect of the divine and so it's like it's embracing that Mm -hmm. rather than negating it so essentially it's a holistic spiritual path and it just happens to include sex because sex is a part of who we are like this mm-hmm. energy you know it's how we got here we all mm-hmm. were here because of sex that's how we got created this creative energy so um so it's just because sex is part of who we are it looks at that but it's actually a very small so if like tantra was a roof mm-hmm. it's like or a house there's many things in the house and tan- and sexual piece of tantra is like sort of the stool in the corner very small aspect and then when we talk more about sacred sexuality um which is sort of what a lot of people are interested when they hear tantra Mm -hmm. um sacred sexuality is sort of looking at sort of our sexual having the relationship with our and the awareness around our sexual energy is like knowing that our sexual energy comes from that 
same core sacred place that mm -hmm. our sexual energy and the act of sex itself is divine and sacred and it can also focus on a lot of like increasing like pleasure um which sort of has some overlap with kundalini so like this potential so when we feel sort of this pleasure through our whole body it's like that sort of aliveness and fullness that we can get from it so yeah that's how i would describe those mm. that's an interesting uh interesting explanation because i i'm like wow that that's a small piece of you know being a stool in the corner yeah <laughs> it's just because we're in the world that we live in and people are sort of fascinated by sex or it's like because it has like so much shame around it and so people are sort of like intrigued but not or whatever so that stool gets a lot of attention yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> so is it a beautiful stool or is it a stool beautiful stool yes it is but it's like and there's many things so it's like everything in our life you know we can see that as divine and it can be a gateway to sort of tapping into that energy um, and sex. So there's many ways to get through it. Um, and sexual energy itself is very, very powerful. So that's that's a key too. It's almost like the seed energy of just, um, you know, when you wanna manifest something, like it's just this powerful energy that once you sort of maybe make it with, put it with a potential, you ignite it within your own being. It's like the, um, yeah, the, the taste of, or the experience of sort of your, your potential is, it happens and it's just like it's very um i guess enlivening or awakening mm -hmm. it's like, oh. and so it's just it's very powerful itself so that's also part of it too mm -hmm. yeah you know and and sex is a very important conversation it comes up in in lots of lots of areas so what is sacred sexuality compared to regular sexuality so regular sex so um i'm gonna mix kind of tend to well, tantric, tantric sex, sacred sexuality, sort of they'll kind of mesh in here. But usually with sex, I'm generalizing here, but usually with sex, it's like, it's for your own sort of pleasure, just to sort of, and there's not, um, sometimes not met with a specific intention mm -hmm. or a certain level of consciousness, or it's just sort of for your own instant sort of gratification, right. pleasure, uh, dispelling of energy like a lot of loss of energy mm -hmm. usually with tantric sex number one there's an intention there's an intention that you're conscious of sort of um how you're showing up and what you want this isn't just this is usually for higher purposes so mm -hmm. this is to sort of have that experience of um maybe seeing the divine in your partner seeing and being witnessed as the divine in return. So having that sort of intention. And also it's because our sexual our sexual energy is so powerful, it's like we almost want to sort of stay in that energy for so long. Because mm -hmm. it's like, um, so there's a lot of buildup. So tantric sex has sort of, um, you know, um, a stereotype of being very long and that can be true. And so it's just being able to like cultivate that energy, that build up, and being able to maintain and stay in that heightened sort of state. So that is something that is really important um, in the like um, tantric teachings, like the importance of cultivate, like imploding, 
any sort of orgasms. So if you're not, so you don't want to like lose that energy, you want to sort of stay in that fullness, stay in that heightened state. And so men, with men, usually people are a little bit shocked that I say this, but usually with men, that's learning how to have an orgasm, but not ejaculate. And with women, it's imploding your orgasms, which is naturally a bit easier for women to do. Um, for men, it can be a journey. But, uh, but, but even, even if you choose not to do that, being able to like prolong and staying in that sort of heightened um that energy that you know staying in that has um, a potential to sort of maybe plant seeds or open things up within your being and so there's this can still um be this expansion happening so it's really important to um with tantric sex or sacred sexuality it's like having the intention being able to see sort of yourself and your partner mm -hmm. and the act of sex as something that is sacred mm -hmm. and seeing them sort of as divine and being able to stay in and sustain that energy. Mm -hmm. And does that take a lot of time and practice? Um, well, I mean, if you look at the actual act of sex and then tantric sex, it kind of looks the same, but your intention and your approach to it are different. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're not in strange positions or you're not in it's not kama sutra it can be how sex normally is but it, mm -hmm. there's a level of consciousness a different level of consciousness that you're bringing within mm -hmm. yourself how you view the act of sex mm -hmm. what you want to experience mm -hmm. um sort of like this sort of finding like having an experience of the divine through the act but the actual like positions and things that you're doing mm -hmm. look very much the same right yeah so cool so who, who yeah. doesn't want a prolonged orgasm <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like staying in that that build up of pleasure and just being able to, you know, even when you're not in, like, yes, making the orgasm longer, that's great. And but even the build up, there's a lot of pleasure even in the build up. So whenever you're, you know, if you're imagine yourself sort of at zero percent, you're running around doing groceries, whatever, and like having an orgasm, let's say, is like a hundred percent. But even to be in a state of like eighty percent as you're building, that's pleasurable. Mm -hmm. And you're still in that sexual energy and you're in that, that um, aliveness, that, that, that potential um, place and that pleasurable place where you're having an aliveness and a fullness in your body. It's like that's still 80% is pretty good. And then you can sort of get to 100. And then if you contain your energy, then it's not a drop. You can still stay within that 80, 70 range or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes. Yeah, so so you, mentioned, you mentioned about grocery shopping. I, I missed that part. So how does that? Oh, okay. So if you imagine like, so I'm just sort of creating a baseline. So if you're like at 0% turned on, like if you think you're at doing groceries or doing day-to-day okay. -day stuff, right. and then having an orgasm is 100%, like even being at 70 to 80%, that's pretty good. That's, that can still feel very pleasurable and you're still sort of in this heightened state. And so that um, staying, being even in there for a while and then maybe experiencing an, an orgasm and then coming back down to that 70 or 80 place it's like staying in that sort of space for a long time is still pleasurable and still and you can take that into your life in any way say that again you can, live, you can take that into your life in any way or is that only during right. the orgasmic experience um well that's during well that's during sex but then if you have a taste of sort of that aliveness it really makes it difficult to go back and live in monotony right so it's just like, wow, I love feeling that, like whatever you felt in that moment, feeling divine, feeling sacred, mm -hmm. feeling cherished, feeling worshipped, feeling, you know, feeling pleasure. It's like, wow, I really want, like, I, I want to feel more of that in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of 
you know, the awakening happens because it's like, I don't want to just have this, have this heightened, these heightened feelings in sex. It's like, yes, I do. But I also don't want to now the next day go to a job that I hate or being real, having people around me that don't fulfill me. And so that's where it's like, it has a real trickle effect because it's like pleasure is, yes, there's sexual pleasure and that is fun and great, but it's actually a very, very narrow view of pleasure. Like pleasure it's an aliveness and a fullness in the body. So there's a huge spectrum of pleasure. It's like when we have conversations like this, or you know, you spend time with your best friend, or you're doing an activity that you love, or you're out in nature, or you're having sex with your partner, or whatever. It's like all that is pleasurable. We've all had those feelings when we walk away from something. It's like all oh, that, like my cup is full, that fullness. Mm -hmm. like that too is pleasure. Yeah. So it's just like yes, pleasure in the bedroom is fantastic and fun and great, and everyone loves that. But it's like and how can we have more pleasure in every other area of our life too? Mm -hmm. So we're not just having these peak experiences and then going back to living a life that is unfulfilling and makes us unhappy. It's like, mm -hmm. how can I feel more of that, have more of that aliveness and fullness and that connection and that belonging mm -hmm. in other areas of my life? Like spectra, the, there's a big spectrum of pleasure and sexuality is a piece of it and it's important, but it's a very narrow view. So how can we, right. how can we experience more of that pleasure in other areas of our life? I love that. And yeah. one of the things that you mentioned, so in that high, when you were very open, you could plant seeds. So describe what that means. What did that? So sexual energy is seed energy. So it's a lot, so it's um, very powerful. So seed energy, so you can plant an intention. Mm -hmm. um, so we're getting sort of in almost like the magic area. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say you have a, uh, something that you want to manifest, something you want in your life or like this energy is very potent and very powerful. So it's like you can have this, envision yourself, like whatever your intention is, is something you want and plant that seed. And when you, match, when you match that or put it with sexual energy, it's like this force of just like, boom. So it's just, um, but be very careful because it's just, we want to have pure intentions and things because um, karma does exist. And so, but just having like pure intentions, but matching that with your sexual energy it's just like sort of putting like you know a speeding train behind your intention mm. so it's very powerful very cool I love yeah very cool so yeah so there's there's things with tantra where it's like i can explain it and but then there comes an element that's sort of unexplainable and so it gets a little bit magic like like this transfiguration of just mm. and i think that's what really changed for me too of like how i viewed my body how other viewed my body and it was like having this experience of like no this is the like this is divine and this is beautiful and this is how God created it or you know having that rather than having all this negative talk about how I, my body and that really and in that cherisher that adoration and seeing seeing someone or being seen as sort of divine that is like that it's just like magic like there's people like you walk around or it's like they've been in town I remember in the community people would walk around they'd be would do this practice and I was like I'm like is that the girl that walked in here i was like it's just amazing and that's definitely what what happened to me it just this like it's like we just open up to really the truth of who we are and not like sort of like the shit that we keep telling ourselves or what happened to us when we were growing up or what people have told us it's just like that sort of that ignites that mm -hmm. comes through that radiance so mm -hmm. 
How would you, I know for myself, I've had lots of amazing experiences where I've gone off and, and done lots of personal development. And I mean, I hadn't gone for quite as long as you have. How would you say you were, like, how did you find coming back into Cal to Calgary? Because you were called back to Calgary to implement, come and do this work, start to teach it. How did you find yourself kind of navigating and, and climatizing, uh, acclimating with the, the space of Calgary, because you left it in a very um, traumatic experience, right? So through the marriage, through losing your brother, a lot of life experiences happened. And then you went and worked on yourself and came back. And how did you, what was the, what was your challenges and how did you navigate that and bring everything? That yeah, you it definitely wasn't, it wasn't easy because the woman that left Calgary wasn't the same woman that returned. Yeah. And I would, and I really, like when I lived in this community, it was like, it was a bubble. Like mm -hmm. all the stuff that I'm talking about, it was like totally normal. Everyone knew that everyone. Yeah. And then coming back to Calgary, it's very different. Yes. And um, so it was challenging at first. It was just like, you know, it's, it's encouraging and it's really to have that community of other people doing the same thing or mm -hmm. when they see you sort of, you know, doing sort of a workshop or that transformation, they're really encouraging and supportive and everyone gets it. It's a shared experience. And here it's a bit like, oh, what were you doing over there? Yeah. And so I think what was really important for me is like I had, I, and I also had an attention that I wanted to start a business teaching this kind of stuff mm -hmm. here in Calgary. Mm -hmm. So having my mentor who knew me throughout the whole time mm -hmm. and just sort of helping me keep on track of just like, but remember this is, cause it is very, there's sort of this wanting to like conform or not, you know, mm -hmm. I felt that a little bit, but mm -hmm. I was like, that's not who I am. It's like sharing, mm -hmm. sharing this aspect. So she really helped keep me on track. I have like friends who are just accept me for, who I am. There's people, you know, and obviously very interested in it. And so having that sort of encouragement and, you know, and I also learned a lot about myself. So it's just, I'm really good with who I have around me now. So if someone's like, oh no, don't do that. I'm just like, well, that's not going to work. Like this is sort of part of who I am and what I've learned and this is what changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always, it's not easy. But then when I, when I have taught workshops, and like some women show up, it's like, you can see sort of like the twinkle and they're like, yeah, I want to do this mm -hmm. too. And that's really, that's really encouraging because it's just like, you know, that there's sort of, there's other women that feel this way or feel that pull to sort of mm -hmm. embrace this other, awaken this sort of part of themselves, this sort of very juicy and um, sensual part of themselves. And so it's just like, and in those moments, I'm just like, it's really exciting. I'm like, okay, there's, there's more, there's more out there. There's other people. And so that sort of keeps you on track and just like, oh, and like, okay, bringing this, bringing this out. It's like, I need to do this because there's, there's women here that are just really interested in it. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe that, that need to do this, that, that desire to bring it to the forefront, especially in a society like Calgary, that's a little bit not quite so. I, I know it has changed a lot, I think, over mm -hmm. the last few years. I would even say the last, I've seen a big change in the last five. Um, yeah. Significantly more open to spirituality and, and just more open mindedness that there's something, there's something more that I need to pay attention to. Right. Well, I think for, for me, it was definitely 
like, I didn't look at this and like, oh, this would be a really great business. Like there was something in me that was like called to do this. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, it's like, almost, I feel like I don't really, of course, I think we always have choice, but yeah. I don't really have a choice. Like I can yeah. feel it so strongly. So it was just like, okay, well, if this is where you want me to be yeah. and this is what you want me to teach, then mm -hmm. okay, I'll do it. So it's having sort of that faith in that. I'm like, oh, I just, I can't do anything else. So it's mm -hmm. like, there's that sort of that's within me that I can't really steer away from. It's just right. like, no, this is what I need. And just like being able to trust that because I'm in a city that's very different like very very different from where I was living mm -hmm. and quite conservative but then it does sort of give me hope because like you see all these like maybe like spiritual bookstores or crystal mm -hmm. shops and all these things popping up and you know it's there mm -hmm. and so it's just sort of finding those people and I think there's a lot of people that are really interested in, in that so but I think for me like what keeps me going is just like there was a call like I'm just I'm called mm -hmm. I have to do this that's why <laughs> and it's sort of feeling that pull and um yeah so and I you know it's you know starting your own business isn't always the easiest thing either so it's just I think for me it's like needing to have that call and feeling that purpose mm -hmm. um so that's what keeps me keeps me going and where do you go for your motivation when things are kind of tough for yourself what keeps you on track and motivated to keep going yeah well I do have my mentor so I think that's really because you know, especially like when I worked in like HR, you know, it's very structured and okay, we are doing this next. And, mm -hmm. and then when you're an entrepreneurship, when you're an entrepreneur, it's like everything's a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And so having sort of um, a guide or, you know, a coach or whatever, sort of keep you on track, someone that knows you really well. I think that for me has been really important. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, in times with my mentor where I'm like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to teach tantra. Maybe it's more like this. And there's just like, or maybe more, maybe more intimacy than tantra. Now it's just like maybe just need to like keeping me on track of like, well, what really changed for you? I'm like, no, this this work is what did it. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. like um, keeping me on track in that way and like questioning mm -hmm. me and being like, okay, well, so then you need to do this next and mm -hmm. having that support and that guidance for me was is still really really important. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah. So yeah. what are some, what, what's some other advice? So if, if people are, why would people seek out Tantra or sacred sexuality? Because those, those aren't really terms that people are actually saying, oh, I think I want to learn more about Tantra or I want to learn more about right. sacred sexuality. What, what are people often thinking or looking for? Why would they look for that? Well, I think there's a lot of people are, you know, women and well, people, I think we're talking more to, to women, but um, there is sort of this, um, this like tight, this tightness or contraction like in the, in their body mm -hmm. and they, they can feel it. And I think as women, cause we're so attuned and our intuitions are so, you know, we have a lot of energy in our lower chakras and that's sort of where a lot of things are. So there's a knowing. And I think there's like a desire for like, doing something for themselves or feeling, wanting to feel more comfortable in their body. And I think wanting to sort of have that sensuality and sort of that juice, mm -hmm. like being able to feel into your body and having that experience of uh, pleasure or aliveness and not, and really start to move away from like that feeling of like monotony or just feeling sort of meh or flat. Like there's like a natural desire to sort of like, move and you know I think a lot of women want to when they walk they want to you know like oftentimes if you 
see how women in like South America walk or it's like feel with their hips. And it's just like, we have this innate knowing that's like, that's where like this energy isn't supposed to be stagnant within us. Mm-hmm. Like we want to move like that. We want to feel into our, our bodies. We want to feel good for us and in our femininity, mm-hmm. which, and I think, I think a lot of women feel that and want to like, like get some, like have some mojo and like feel that sort of juice. And that is really, I think for them, for women, it's just because we have so much energy in our lower chakra. And it's like, once it's, we move it, it's like, that's where, so we have that radiance and that, um, what's another word? I'm losing it now, but yeah, this inner radiance, that's sort of like when that, that energy, that life force is ignited. And I feel like with women, there's a natural draw to that. It's like, we know that's really who we are. And so when things are sort of flat and monotonous, it's like, there's this, you know, wanting to dance. There's this wanting to move. There's this wanting to, um, like really feel at home in our femininity. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. Um, I had a, pers- a, a quick personal story for me when I was in my twenties, I used to hang out with a bunch of guys and, um, I, I grew up a farm girl, so hard work, you know, heavy lifting, that kind of thing. And I never really paid attention to how women walk. Like I never, I didn't have magazines. I didn't watch TV. So I, I didn't have a lot of that outward cultural experience. And I remember we were just out one night and one of the guys said to me, he's like, Dixie, you walk like a guy. He's like, stop it. And I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And I, and I never paid attention before. So I really started paying attention. Well, how do, how should I walk and how do women walk? And um, it was very eye-opening for me and really watching how women swagger, you know, how they have that, they walk with their hips and they walk, and not all women do. I find a lot of North American women, they're very straight, and especially European women, very straight. They don't have a lot of hip movement. And I know especially, you know, in a lot of the work that I do too, it's been very locked down with a sacral energy has been locked down. The root energy has been very locked down. And so, you know, models, when models walk, they walk very differently. They walk with their heart. Um, they walk with their chest outward and they walk with their legs. You know, there's this, this beautiful movement. Um, African-American women, I love watching them because they jiggle when they walk, right? It's all about, it's all about the jiggle. It's all about, they move their hips and, you know, they're not, they're not clenched. Like I find North American women are very clenched. Uh, They're clenched in their buttocks. They're clenched in their inner thighs. They're clenched in their quads. So there's often a lot of tension and stuckness down in that lower part of the area. So so when you're walking, so when you're looking at women walking or when you're teaching, do you teach anything about being aware of just more of that body opening? Yeah. So I think a lot of simple things that women can do just to start is just like, there's just a net, like a movement or because as women, we have so much energy in our lower chakras and that tightness, it's just like holding that energy in. Mm -hmm. And it's like beginning, we can begin to awaken that through like physical movement. Mm -hmm. So something around like even just dancing, Mm -hmm. so dancing in your living room to whatever song that you want to dance. Mm -hmm. And that gets the energy moving. Hip circles, Mm -hmm. like moving, like moving your hips in like a figure eight, Mm -hmm. moving them around in a circle, changing the direction. Like that gets the energy sort of moving. 
-hmm. And it's also very common that once we start to do that, there can be some emotions that arise. So if that happens, then know that that's normal Mm -hmm. um, because that's where our feeling and our intuition is all there too. Mm -hmm. So when we start to move that, just know that that can happen and just being able to like feel how that feels and not move how you think you should move or what's like, what, what's a sexy move, but really as if you are your hips, how do your hips want to move and tuning in and moving as your hips, moving how your hips want to move. Mm-hmm. And just being able to start to, like, that's a really good starting point because we can just, like, start to be able to, because when we, and then we can start to feel because it's like, we can't really, I don't think we can really get anywhere or have any sort of change or have any sort of pleasure or have any, you know, receive at all if we can't feel. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a really important piece of just starting to and it's like wow what is what does it feel like and letting the feelings be there it's like I still feel sort of awkward okay well then continue to move and the awkwardness is okay the tightness is okay the emotions are okay and then maybe you might and then maybe the feeling is like oh I feel sort of like this is nice like staying Mm -hmm. with that and just letting what that letting that be what it is and having that be a consistent practice so really just Mm -hmm. like starting to move your lower body and so that yeah that can be hip circles figure eights or that could be like shaking your booty to a really good song that you like Mm -hmm. and it just sort of gets that in and you dance and you always dance for you you don't dance for anyone else Mm -hmm. it's for you and how your body like and what feels good for you Mm -hmm. you follow that i love that you only dance for you not for anyone else i think that's yeah i actually yeah sorry no go ahead um i actually um in this um, when I was traveling, I met a couple girls who were um, strippers, and that's what they say in a strip club. She's like, I never danced for, for the men. I always danced for myself. Wow. But, and that's what's so sexy. That's like what's so sensual and appealing when it's like, the, like we're talking about women in this case, but it's like when they're moving and they can feel everything that's happening. It's like, that's the draw. It's not necessarily the certain moves. It's like mm-hmm. that feeling of that sensuality being engaged with your senses and feeling that pleasure and you're feeling it for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the, um, that's the, the part that's so magnetic yeah. and that kind of, that stays with you when you sort of awaken this energy. It's like a magnetism really begins mm-hmm. to exist. Like, and, and that's, what's so good about manifesting. It's like when you get into those feelings, then it's just like, you don't have to go out and get and try. It's like, you almost just like, ma- you're mm-hmm. like a magnet to the things that you desire. Mm-hmm yeah so what a great reminder to dance for yourself and to and and that's true i think with anything you know when we're comparing ourselves and looking outward for approval that you're not getting it and you're trying really hard instead of just really doing it just being there for yourself and enjoying the experience whatever that is um it is it does become magnetic because people just look at it differently they're drawn in differently right and I think whenever we're in comparison, whenever we see, notice ourselves comparing, it means we're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where am I comparing? It's like, oh, where am I not being authentic here? To really question that for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it is like being able to engage with your body, drop into your body, feel into your body. Mm-hmm. And like the gifts that really happen, like, yes, when you sort of this life force or this pleasure or this energy, it's like, yes, there's a magnetism. But then it's like we have deeper access. We're actually able to feel Mm-hmm. We're able to access our intuition more. Our body is so, like softer and not as tight and more relaxed. And all the wisdom of our body can come forth mm-hmm. and we're actually attuned with it more. 
So there's many, many things that benefit from, from sort of dropping into your body and starting to sort of awaken that energy. It's sort of the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So what do you do for your own personal day-to-day um, -day rituals? How do you keep your energy up and, and your flow and movement going? Yes. So um, I'm big into meditation. So med I'm, I'm someone that has a busy mind. And so I know some people are sort of like, oh, meditation, because I, I mean, I still at days struggle with it. And but it really helps me just for me to take that time, that 15, 20 minutes and just like be with myself. Mm -hmm. And there's times if I have a really busy mind and if it's just not really working, it's just maybe just sitting on now or having nicer weather. So it's like sitting outside with a cup of tea and just having that moment of nothingness mm -hmm. um so having some sort of meditative relaxation time is really really important and even and i would say even when my meditation's not you know i'm struggling or i'm noticing a very busy mind it mm -hmm. still somehow gives back to me during the day like it's mm -hmm. still something um and movement movement for sure of just especially as women if you struggle with meditation you can dance first and it gets that energy up Mm. And so the energy is not so heavy and you move and then I find um, my meditations are a lot better. So mm. like before I started, um, before I came on with you, I danced to like, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. I love uh -huh. dancing with that song so much. <laughs> but it's just like even something fun and, you know, there's more, I have more sensual music too. And it's just like whatever I feel in that moment, just moving your body mm -hmm. and noticing how you feel and like moving as you're feeling. It's like that is just sort of like can be really yeah pleasurable and awakening and just can really soften and relax the body and then we have access to a lot more things instead of like sort of that that when the body is so tight mm -hmm. and when we can be relaxed and we're more open to body's natural intelligence more are uh, um, the senses of the lot you know um you can feel more accessing more of that sort of mm -hmm. sensuality that juice because our bodies relax we're not walking like you said with like our bums tight and everything tight. It's just, there's yeah. a relaxation and just, um, yeah, it's something to be experienced because even the, um, even that, um, those exercises might seem really small and subtle, but it's, they can have quite a, a ripple effect, so. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yes, body movement. Our body access and body consciousness is all tied up into movement. So when we're feeling stagnant, it's usually because we're not moving enough and body movement and it's not just doing housework it's not just moving you know just generally i mean if you haven't seen a long time even just getting up and moving around and and doing some quick breath breath work right can, can really support the body too well i loved i loved all of this um do you have any last we're just coming up to the end of our time here do you have any last moments of advice or any other suggestions especially around exploring sacred sexuality or tantra or a deeper awareness for themselves yeah i think just again that getting into your body feeling into your body learning to feel because a lot of us are and myself included are really good at thinking or feeling mm -hmm. so i think feeling is really where it's at so really starting with baby steps and this stuff is you know when you delve into it it can be really um it's really powerful it can be really um um, can be really confronting so really knowing who you are and doing the emotional healing along with delving into this um, world of tantra and sacred sexuality is really really important mm -hmm. so just having um, yeah a bit of both because 
I'm sure you would agree, but it's like, if you want to know who you are, look at your sex and your money, because that'll mm -hmm. show everything and all the stuff comes up. So, um, so yeah, so when you delve into this stuff, it's just knowing that the, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to heal, but really what you're letting go of and what you're coming into, it's like this more, this fuller, more your true self and this like place where you're feeling like pleasure and aliveness in that you're having real intimacy um, with yourself, with others, have this sense of belonging, like really what it can do for you is really powerful. And it's just, yeah, it's, um, it's a beautiful journey, but yeah, it's, um, it's a powerful one as well. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. Well, I know that the work you do is amazing. I know, um, uh, yeah, it's the, the whole experience. Cause you're right. It's all linked to sex and money, believe it or not, is all connected to each other. Um, yeah. sex, money, and love. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, and, it's, and it's, yeah, go ahead. Um, and also it's like, we're, you know, what I, recognize a lot now it's like we're all sort of being called back to sort of this more feminine aspect of mm. everything so it's like as women getting in touch with our femininity with you know the women's like um women's rights movement is that um it's like we were taught to sort of like put our pants on and act like the boys but how do we come back into our there's mm. there's a pullback even for men to come back more into our femininity so as women accessing you know, leading from a more feminine place, from our sensuality, from our intuition, our feeling, that sense of community, being able to see the ripple effects and the impact. And even as men, a call to embrace more their feminine aspect, because when we talk about toxic masculinity, that is really the absence of, a femi of their inner feminine. They've sort of negated that. So mm -hmm. it's like accessing sort of their ability to nurture, to be nurtured, their intuition mm -hmm. for them to be allowed to feel. So it's like there is this natural sort of wave of like sort of like okay we now we have the we can't ignore the feminine anymore mm -hmm. and this is really where the power and the magic is so i think that's a pull that a lot of people um especially women mm -hmm. um were feeling well and i think to the awakening uh, the awakening to the divine masculine is equal if for both the divine masculine and feminine is to equally hold space for each other and i think the divine masculine that's the most powerful is when they can hold space for the woman um, yeah. and, and we need to hold space for each other, whether yeah. you're male or female in the female communities in the, in the male communities. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a bigger change. I know even for men, there's more men's groups that are coming up because they need the support and women naturally gravitate to each other, but there's still a deep, a deep fear of really, um, coming into that circle sacred circle to, to support each other right. and i like what you said earlier too about you know the women putting the pants on and doing the male roles and that has been the last you know however many years um, yeah. the industrial revolution really of where um women needed to be that that role and they discovered their independence but then there's you know it's like the, the pendulum is swinging the other way right now it's an opportunity because our power is in our sacral center that's where the divine feminine and the divine masculine lives um in my experience anyway and so when we unlock those areas we it's not about leading with sexual energy it's actually leading more from the empowered um the empowered unlocking more of your your own 
essence because that's where the consciousness lives is in the sacral energy yeah powerful that creative energy is just yeah the ripples of, the ripple effects too of like when you start to unlock that it's like nothing in our life is compartmentalized and it's just when you start to access the energy it's just like how it can go because it's and it's so the base of who we are so it's like it, when we it, it's like the roots of the tree so once we ignite or use that energy it's like you know the branches and the fruits and everything changes and it's it's very powerful very very powerful very like potent energy mm -hmm. yeah and very and that's where we manifest from as well that's yeah. right so yeah. uh i just i love it just so yeah all right well thank you so much carrie i so enjoy our time together and um Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing yourself and your and your juiciness. Yes, thank um, you. <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Carrie, um, I'm posting her link in the bottom, but CarrieCuss.com is where you can connect with her. And I'll also be, um, as I mentioned, sharing sharing in the uh, the show notes below. If you would like to connect with with me and follow more of a conversation, um, with, uh, so, oh my gosh. Uh, inspired Women Gathering um, uh, Facebook group is also posted in the show notes where you can come and join us for more conversation uh, around women in business and, and being amazing. And to our viewers, thanks for watching. I hope that you found some value and I would love to invite you to, to post your comments below, like and share this interview out. And until next time, you know, continue to bring hope, light and love and um, abundant love to you. Thank you so much. Bye for now.